ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship and to praise you and to give you honor and glory tonight. Lord, we pray that your presence would be in our presence this evening. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, I do ask, uh, Lord, for those uh, that may be in our service tonight that doesn't know you, that I pray that today will be the day of salvation. Lord, I pray that you would just guide and direct in our lives. Thank you for all that you do. We'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Brother Duke. Let's turn to, uh, get your handles, turn to page 526, 526. Thank you. 
All right, well, good evening. It's good to have our teens with us tonight, amen? All right, it's good to have them with us. I know they were probably looking forward to being in youth club, uh, but pray for Brother Caleb McGinnis. He had a, a uh, tooth uh, extracted, I believe it was, this last weekend, had a migraine, and uh, found out it probably was that, and then uh, so he's he's still suffering from that and struggling with that. So you pray for Brother Caleb, and I know that you will do that. But it is good to have our teens with us in our services uh, tonight. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about, we're going to continue our series here in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter number 4. I believe this is going to be the last week in the book of Philippians. I've been praying about uh, where to go from here, but I'd like on Wednesday nights, I like doing a Bible study and doing a book of the Bible. Uh, so I'm looking at either Genesis or Proverbs next, and uh, both of them are uh, extremely wonderful books, and uh, I, I haven't got clear direction yet. I've got some studies I've been studying uh, uh, in both books uh, for the last few weeks, and I've got some outlines and things like that I've already worked up, uh, but uh, I, I don't have clear direction yet, but, uh, and I may uh, take a couple weeks off. I'm not sure as far as uh, on, on that doing a series, but uh, I like these book studies, and we can uh, learn a little bit more. Uh, and so I, I hope that you'll get excited about uh, that as well. And I, I'd, I'd like to go through uh, the entire Bible. And uh, so I may just start in Genesis and just work way through there. And uh, we'll go verse by verse and, uh, and uh, uh, precept upon precept. Amen. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. We're going to be at Philippians chapter number 4 and verse 10 through 19 this evening. Yesterday went to... Uh, Brother Burt's church, uh, Grace Baptist Church, had a, a preacher's fellowship, and they were scraping the bottom of the barrel, so they asked me to preach at it. And so uh, I, I got the opportunity to preach to a bunch of preachers yesterday. I told them, I said, this is, uh, this is one of the, the, my least favorite things to do is preach to a bunch of preachers. I, I mean, I'll preach to lost sinners and wicked sinners all day long. Uh, that's why I preach here. And uh, no, I... I uh, I'm fine with doing that. It's just some um, uh, wicked preachers. are They're the worst. And uh, no, I enjoyed it, but I um, was kind of nervous. It's, I have, you know, um, high regard of some of the, the preachers that was out there. I mean, I've heard them preach, and I'm like, man, why aren't you up here preaching? And I'll listen to you. But uh, they asked me to do so, so I was delighted and uh, encouraged. Yesterday, two other preachers preached, and uh, I tell you, I've got a lot of preaching as uh, um, Brother Greg. I'll probably take a few weeks off because uh, I've got. I went to preaching uh, Monday night. Went to Brother Selby's church, and uh, they're in, they were in revival this week. And went to his church Monday night. We didn't get home until midnight, and uh, it was not because of the preaching. Uh, my wife was talking the whole time, and I was ready to go. And, uh, and, and I said, are you ready yet? And she just kept on talking. You know how uh, them women are. And, uh, uh, but anyway, so I finally got her out of there. I said, well, let's go. You know, some people got to work in the morning. And uh, so, but uh, I, I, we had a good time. Then Tuesday, got to hear a bunch of preaching. Then tonight, preaching. I, I mean, I'm, I've, I feel pretty good. I, I'm, I'm excited about what the Lord's doing. Philippians chapter number 4 tonight, Philippians 4 verse 10 is where we're going to start. The Bible says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care for, uh, of me hath flourished again. 
wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now, uh, ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no uh, church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye all only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, but because I desire a gift, uh, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for the opportunity to just open your word and just to try to gleam some things from it tonight. And uh, Lord, I pray that you give me clarity of thought. And, and Lord, I pray that uh, things that are said tonight would uh, go to uh, your people and that we'd, be, we'd all be hearers and doers of your word. Lord, again, thank you for all that you do. And uh, as we try to point out one major topic is contentment tonight. And Lord, I pray that you help us with that. Thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to turn your attention there again to Philippians chapter number 4 and verse 11. It says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now, my daughters are in here, and I need to make sure they understand that when it says whatever state. It's not talking about Indiana. It's talking about, you know, wherever he finds himself, okay? I'm just... It's not an actual place. All right, I want you guys to understand that. They don't like me using them, so I'm not going to use them. I'm just explaining to them. And uh, ever since they pointed that out, I want to make sure that I don't use you guys in illustration. So, um, but anyways, I love my girls. And, uh, but anyways, uh, contentment is not natural for us. It's not natural to us uh, and uh, is not encouraged by our busy schedules and our busy days Many are not happy with ourselves and, and much less the conditions that surround us. And uh, as a result, we as children of God must learn to get uh, away from our restless spirit and learn to develop a submissive spirit, which is to be content in God's will. To be content in God's will. This is something that Paul had to learn. It's not something that comes naturally. And if Paul had to learn it, can I tell you, we're going to have to learn to be content. Notice there again in verse 11, it says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. I have learned. It wasn't something that because he got saved, uh, he just automatically was content with things. No, folks, that is not natural. We have to learn to be content in whatsoever state we are in. As human beings, we blame our restless spirits on, on our circumstances. 
But Paul teaches us in these verses that it is the circumstances that come, uh, that come our way that are designed by God to develop us and to content Christians. To content Christians, to, to help us to be content in all matters. You see, we need to take our eyes off the situations and put them on the one who is behind the situations, the one who is in control of all the situations. Contentment is something that is difficult for people in our day. Uh, uh, the average person, I, I found this statistic, the average person, I'm not going to do my st statistic tonight, okay, because I messed it up last time. But uh, anyways, the average person in America moves every three years. Most jobs last less than that. And I'm not even going to mention how long the average marriage is. Just people aren't content. They're not content with, uh, their, uh, with the weather, their looks. They're not content with their jobs, their spouses, their neighborhoods, uh, their president, uh, their pastor, their church, uh, and many other things. They're just not content with those things. I'm reminded of this story, and I think I've shared this with you, about the man that was uh, stuck on an island. And uh, he was stuck there for 12 years. No one there, and, and uh, he, uh, he was tried to SOS and tried to find help, and, and then one day a helicopter comes flying over, and they see him. They spot him out there, and after 12 years of being there, and as he's there, he, they, they said, hey, get your stuff and get all the other people, and uh, let's go. And uh, he says, what other people? He says, I've been here for 12 years, and he says, there's nobody else living on this island. He says... Uh, he says, well, you have three buildings there. What are the three buildings? He says, that building there is where I live. He says, that other building, what's that? He says, that's the building that I go to church at. He said, what's that third building? He says, well, that's the building I used to go to church at. And that's how we are. A lot of Christians are. If they had their own, if they were the only person in the church, they couldn't live with themselves. And they're just not content. We need to learn to be content. God reminds the child of God to be content. Make no mistake, he did not say compromise. He said be content. Hebrews 13.5, so let your, uh, your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I got, when I was reading this over again this, uh, this afternoon, I, I got something out of that verse. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. And then it goes on to say, it says, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know what he's saying? He says, I am all that you need. Man, that stuck out to me, Brother Greg. Like, I, I mean, I've read it and I've read it and I've read it. And that stuck out to me, and it just like smacked me right in the face. He's all we need. Yet we're not content. We say he's not enough. He's all we need. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 6, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. God has provided our every need, folks. 
God has provided our every need. We, are content, we need to be content with what we have. Contentment's not something that is natural, and it's difficult to learn. It's not a characteristic that comes with salvation. It must be learned. Tonight we're going to look at contentment, how we can be contentment. Number one, we can be con- content because of the providence of God. Because of the providence of God. Look there in verse 11 with me again. It says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. This is a powerful statement coming from the Apostle Paul. Uh, And uh, you think about the the life that he lived uh, behind these words. When you look at the Apostle's life, uh, there are times in his life that we would all say, Oh man, I could be content with what he had. God's blessings on his life. He was preaching the word of God and people were getting saved and hey all the great things that God done for him and man all we could all be content with that but that's not all of Paul's life what about when he was stoned and left for dead or when he when all men forsook him and or when he was in jail uh, at Philippi with uh, with blood on his back and 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 uh, his feet in stocks or being shipwrecked, or bitten by a poisonous snake. How about that? Are we going to be content with those situations? That's not an itinerary that I say, hey, you know what, that's what I want. I'm looking for contentment in, in these things. That's not what I would say leads to contentment. That's why he had to, That's why he said here, and whatever state uh, state I'm in, whether I've been bitten by a poisonous snake or a snake, or if I've if I'm uh, been stoned to death or ha- left half dead, or or if I'm in jail or whatever I'm at, I'm content. Why? Because it goes back all the way to verse eleven, uh, where he says, "Hey, I'm content because he's all that I need." Think about that, folks. He's all we need. He's all we need. What gives a man the desire to learn under all circumstances? Paul had to learn this. The providence of God. I I looked up that word providence and and what it means. And it comes from two uh, words. And the prefix uh, word pro, which means means, uh, before. And the latter part of the word uh, comes from the word that we get video from. So what what that word providence means is it means to see before. To see before because of God's providence. He sees before. He knows. Nothing catches God by surprise. Nothing uh, sneaks up on God. Anything that you're going through in life, hey, we can be content. Why? Because God ordained. God allowed. God put those things in our lives. He's not going to give us more than what we can handle. We can be content knowing that He's in control. See, there's only one there's only one that can get us through these situations and these circumstances, and that's God. I, I noticed here, life circumstances do not dictate God's care. At times, life can be gruel, I mean, cruel and filled with earthly concerns and cares. Often during these times, people get as far as possible away from us. 
They have enough problems on their own lives and they don't want to hear our problems. Seems like there are always, there's always people to share times of victory, but in times of defeat, we're often, we often stand alone. But can I tell you, God cares for us. He said, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. God doesn't run from uh, adverse situations. He, he runs to us, and that's what He specializes in, is whenever we, we are with sin and we say, Hey, God, I don't know how, but you, you're the king, you're the master of everything, and I'm just going to trust in you. That's when He comes along the side of us and helps us to grow and mature in the Lord. The psalmist had learned that God did not abandon him when... Uh, he said in Psalm 57, 1, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Life's circumstances do not dictate God's care. He loves us no matter what comes our way. God's going to take care of us. But then life's calamities do not dilute God's compassion. God does not love us less when things are going bad. God's love is unconditional. It's everlasting. The Bible says, never faileth. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall famine? Tribulation? None of these are able to separate us from the love of God. Sometimes amidst the difficult situations in our life, it's hard to see God in our life. Sometimes we say, God, where are you? We tend to lose consciousness of Him amidst the trials. Why? Because our focus is no longer on Him, knowing that He's in control, but our focus is on our surroundings, our circumstances, saying, hey, these things are just so overwhelming, and we've got our eyes off of Him, and now they're on the situation. You see, these, these troubles that come our way doesn't dilute God's compassion. But then I think of life's challenges do not delete God's commands. Often when rough times come in our lives, we rationalize our spiritual condition. We excuse ourselves from obedience because after all, we're going through a tough time. God understands, doesn't he? When, when we're going through tough times, if we miss church and we miss our Bible reading, God understands I'm going through a tough time. My health as poor as it is, it's the tragedy in my life. How many Christians today have stopped growing because of financial difficulties or uh, a loss uh, of a loved one or divorce, a sickness or whatever? that You name the circumstances. How many times do we see it in people's life where they get away from God? Just because we have challenges does not delete God's commands. While it may seem logical to us that we deserve a little break due to the challenges that we've seen in our lives, we must stop again and realize that God has allowed this event to make us stronger spiritually. Can I tell you, everything that comes our way, God has designed those things to draw us closer to Him. You say, even through heartaches, God, yes, Yes, God, hey, God is developing us into, uh, to be the Christians that we should be. God is working in the midst of all these things. 
See, I remember King Saul thought that he had the right to disobey God. You remember the story? When Samuel went away and he, did, he tarried his return and, and at the point in time Saul took things into his own, own hands. And he, you know the story what happened. And uh, he thought, what am I supposed to do? The pressures, I've got, to, I've got to hear from the man of God. I've got to do these things. So he made sacrifice to himself, which was not biblical. He knew that he wasn't supposed to do that. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 15, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is iniquity and adultery. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandments of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Folks, our circumstances, our challenges, don't delete the fact that God gave us some commands that we're to live by God's word. He says, forsake not the assembly of ourselves together as man or some is. But Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I understand. But that doesn't delete the fact that God has commanded us some things. He's commanded us to go into the whole world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I, I have some health issues. You can still pass out tracts. We can still be obedient to the Lord. Man, this is good. Number two, I want you to notice the power of God. We can be content because of the power of God. There, look there in verse 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. How does one describe the power of God? Can you describe it? The Bible says, Isaiah said this in Isaiah 40 verse 12. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of thy, his hand and meted out heaven uh, with the span and com comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Job 42 says, I know that thou canst do everything. Luke 137 says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. You think about the power of God. Hey, why, how can we be content today? Because we have the power of God at our fingertips. The fact that we cannot explain God's power in, in our finite words means that it's, it doesn't mean that it's less magnificent. There's no situation, circumstance, trial, trouble, you name it, that's too big for our God. With God, there's nothing impossible. You see, I see that this is an inclusive power. Paul said, I can do all things. One of my favorite Old Testament verses, Jeremiah 32, verse 17, it says this, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power, and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. When I think about it, folks, I think about the, the trials that come my way and the, uh, just the little problems that come my way. Can I tell you, that's all they are, are little bitty problems to my great big God. Nothing is impossible 
with God. Do you believe that this, this evening? Nothing is impossible with God? If we sometimes doubt that, you know what? We're in good company. You know, Abraham and Sarah, what happened to them? God had promised them a son as a part of the covenant that he had made with them. But, uh, uh, but at the time, some time had elapsed and, and they, they began to uh, fear and, and not trust God anymore. They, they laughed at God and they doubted God because of uh, Sarah's age. And humanly speaking, yes, this is impossible. But can I tell you, my God is specializes in the impossibilities. Say, with men it's impossible, but not with God. God can do all things. It's an inclusive, but also it's an investing, invested power. It says, I can do all things. What amazing thought that God is willing to place His power in me and in you. I'm amazed that God wants to involve, be involved in my life. I heard the other day a preacher say, he said, uh, you know, he said, I, 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 how is it, I can't understand. It's hard for me to comprehend a God that uh, would, uh, would love me. Or he was talking about Jacob and Esau, how God loved one and he hated the other. He says, it's hard for me to understand that God hated one. He says, you know what's hard for me to understand? That God loves me. It's hard for me to comprehend that God would love me a sinner, a wretched sinner, a wicked sinner, but God still loves me. It's an invested power. The Bible says this in Psalm 8, 3. It says, When I consider thy heavens the work of thy finger, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visiteth him? God, however is willing to invest His supernatural power into our lives because He knows that by doing so, He gets the glory. You know what, folks? If, you, if we really understand this, I understand that I'm weak, I'm frail, I can't do anything. But because of the power of God, that He's bestowed upon me, that He's put in me, that I, He's entrusted in me, I'm able to do supernatural things through Him which strengthens me. Not because I'm not able to, I'm not able to even speak well without Him. I'm not able to do anything without Him. I need Thee, O Lord. Oh, I need Thee. It's an investing power. It's by God's grace that we are what we are, and we're able to do what we're able to do. It's because of His grace. Why are we so fearful and hesitant when we have God's power working in us and through us? Why are we hesitant to witness to our friends and our co-workers and, and, and our neighbors? Why are we hesitant when we have God's power in us? The Bible says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Then I see it's an inward power. The Bible says there in verse 13, through Christ. One of the most dangerous times in our lives is when God uses us in a mighty way. Why is that dangerous? Because our flesh gets puffed up. When I see God working, you know what? 
hey, I suffer, I'm in the same skin as you are. We get prideful. And I tell you, pride is it's, it's, it's a dooming thing. It'll destroy us. It'll destroy this church. Hey, when, when God does a work in our lives, it's through Christ, and we need to be careful to give Him the glory. For with me, He says, for without me you can do nothing. I remember when I was a boy and I saw pictures of Samson. And it was always on the flannel graphs. It was always a muscular Samson. And I, I think I've told you this before, but Samson, I don't believe that Samson was a muscle-bound dude. I don't believe that he, that he was. I really don't. Why? Because the, the Philistines, they questioned, they, they said, where does he get his power from? If it was because of he was a big old bulky muscle guy, like Luke... If it, you know, if he was muscle-bound and all this stuff, I don't think they would question where he got his power from. See, the amazing thing is God used Samson in a mighty way. I, I believe he was probably, I may be wrong, but I believe he was probably about the size of Brother Duke. <laughs> why, why would you say that, Pastor? Because you know what? The amazing feats that God used in his life to carry the gates of Gaza and all the things that, that he did. That was a 20-mile trip and he was able to carry the gates. Do you realize that uh, I don't think that Brother Duke could do that in his own power? I don't think I could do it in my own power. I might be able to use my truck and be able to drive that far. I can't even walk 20 miles. But can I tell you, it was through... God, through His power, that Samson was able to do what he was able to do. That same power, can I tell you, that same power of God is available to us today. Teenager, listen to me. That same power that was on Samson's life is available to you. Not just teenagers. Brother Ed's the oldest gentleman, I think, in our congregation right now, that same power that Samson had is at your fingertips as well. At my fingertips. Why are we worried about things? We have that same power. But God, but the Bible says in Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall receive power. Folks, if we are saved, we have access to the power of God. God commands us to access His power and then move forward in our lives to carry out His work. He doesn't give us the power to bring glory to ourselves. It's to carry out further do His work. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Contentment comes when we rely on His power rather than our power. Knowing I can't, but He can. Then the last thing I have for you, number three, I can be content because of the promises of God. Look there in verse 19 of our text. It says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Bible's filled with promises. 
over 600 promises for the child of God. Often in our lives we are content in one area, but we're discontent in other areas of our lives. We may be very content in our salvation, knowing that we are on our way to heaven, but we're discontent with our health or our financial status. We start to think that God is good in some areas, but uh, not in other areas. Some folks have the idea that God is only concerned about spiritual areas of our lives. But can I tell you, God cares about our every need. We serve a wonderful God. He has an endless, and think about this, He has an endless supply and covers every area of our life. God promises to cover material deficiencies. Look there in verse 15 and 16. It says, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with it. You know what he's talking about here? Does anyone know? He's talking about financial support. No church was... Was, was supporting him. He didn't have the finances. But notice on it says, With me as uh, concerning giving and receiving, but ye only, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. He may not always, uh, he may not always supply for our greeds, but he always supplies for our needs. Let me say that again. He may not always supply for our greeds, but He always supplies for our needs. Do you have some material need today? Give it to the Lord. You know what many do? It's a lack of faith. It's a lack of faith. I'm guilty of it too. Tell you what, I got this bill in the mail. I don't know how I'm going to pay. I guess I'm going to have to put it on a credit card. Have you even prayed about it? I'm going to give you a story, and I, I'm, I, I just feel liberty tonight. And I, I'm going to give you a story when Faith was born. We had some outstanding, I mean some huge amount of bills because she wasn't covered by our insurance. I'm talking, she was in the uh, IC, was ICU, the NIC, NICU or whatever. She was in there for over a week or around a week or so. And a lot of issues, C-section baby. We had a lot of bills. We didn't have insurance. We prayed about it. We did, we did our part. We said, Lord, well, I don't know how to go and pay this. But we pay, started making like, what we could afford, $25 payments every month or something like that. We, we wasn't trying to shirk on our responsibilities. We just said, God, we know we owe this, but I don't know how we're going to pay it. So I called the lady and I said, hey, I said, I want to work out a, a, a payment scale. I, I said, I, we just don't have the money. And she says, well, she says, um, we have this program uh, that we might be able to take 50% off. I said, well, hallelujah, what do you need? And she said, well, I just need to copy your W-2s, and I just need this. And, and uh, so she, she took it before the board, and so three days, uh, about three days later, she calls me up, and she says, ah, we're not able to take 50% off. I said, hey, anything will help. Uh, we're we're, we're going to pay it. And she says, but they did say we can take 75% off. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that 
wasn't that much money. We were able to, we actually had a, a tax check come in that, that year, and we were able to pay off with that, that tax check. God supplied our need. Are you getting a hold of this tonight? I mean, why, why, are we so, why are we lacking in our faith? Why don't we give our cares, our concerns, our, our needs to the Lord and say, God, I don't know how, but I'm going to trust you to meet the need. Now, that does not mean that we don't do our responsibilities. What that means is that we say, God, I'm trusting you. Whatever, whatever you determine is best, I'm going to follow you. God, the Bible says, the Bible says this in Psalm 37, verse 25. I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. God has promised to cover our material deficiencies, but also our, cover our mutual dependencies. Look there in verse 18. It says, but I... Have all and abound. I am full, having received Epaphroditus the, the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. Can I tell you, no man is an island. God has made us with relationships, first with Him and then with other people. Our greatest wealth is not measured in terms of riches, but in relationships. The church at Philippi was a better church because of their relationship with the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul was better because of his relationship with the church. God brings people into our lives to sharpen and to shape us so that we can better be used for his service and for his glory. The Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. The Bible says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. The Bible says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. With God, God's help, every person you meet can be beneficial to us. I believe it was Jack Hiles said, Every man's my teacher. Said, I can learn something. I can, I can, I can be benef benefited by every man. See, go out of your way and build relationships with people that can enhance your life for the glory of God. An associate of Abraham Lincoln, I looked this up, an associate of Abraham Lincoln said about his attitude towards his enemies, he said this, Why do you try to make friends with them? He said, You should destroy them. Lincoln replied this, Am I not destroying my enemy when I make them my friends? It's pretty good. Proverbs 25, 21, If thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. But then the last thing, God's promises cover ministry desires. Look there in verse 17. It says, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Paul realized that, listen, he didn't need the financial need. He didn't need the finances from the people. He was saying, I, I want fruit to abound on your account because you are being good stewards of what God has entrusted you. I want you to be uh, blessed because of what you're doing. 
When God saves us from sin and gives us eternal life, He plants within us a desire to live our lives now for eternity. As the old things pass away, the new things take over. And we want something to last beyond this world. I do. I want something to last more than... Hey, let me tell you, teenagers, I'm glad you're in here tonight. Because you know what? Many people, you know what their focus is? Is whenever they graduate from high school and go off to college, you know what their focus is? Making money. Can I tell you what your focus needs to be? Your focus needs to be making on heavenly rewards. Living a life for Christ. Living for the Lord. That's what's important. Because can I tell you, you're not going to take any of that money with you. It's all going to burn. The things that we think are so important in this life mean nothing in heaven. But can I tell you, relationships, relationships with God, relationships with your family, your good relationships, godly heritage, those are things that are important. Make an impact on this world. Be a great influence on this world. Take up the mantle. Because can I tell you, I'm not always going to be able to preach. There's going to have to come up. There's, God's going to have to raise up a young man to take my place one day. God's going to have to raise up some people that's going to take uh, some positions in the church and, and be faithful to the house of God. God promises to take care of us. I don't know how many times in my life I open my Bible before the Lord and remind and reminded that God wrote this. Faithful is he that hath called you who also will do it. I've said this, where God guides, he always provides. God promises that if he will put something in your heart to do it, God puts it in your heart to do it. He will, He will come through. He will help you meet those needs. He will take care of that. He will accomplish that for His glory. Tonight, no matter what circumstances we face, we can learn to be content. Why? Because of the providence of God, because of the power of God, and because of the promises of God. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We need to learn to be content. Be content. In whatever state we're in, to be content. Let me ask you tonight, Christian. Are you content with what God has for you in your life? Are you content where you're at? If you're not, you need to learn to be content. Sometimes we get... We get jealous because so-and-so got a brand new this or they live in this and they got this and they go there. And, but you know what? We need to just be content with what we have. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It doesn't matter if we are the poorest or the richest. We need to be content and happy with what God has entrusted to us. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you how you I thank you for how you spoke to my heart in this, this subject of contentment, being content with what we have. Lord, I pray that you would work in our midst, 
as we do this invitation, Lord, that we would find a place at the altar and we would commit our ways to you. Lord, that we would be content with whatever you have for us in this, your will. Lord, as we said there, you're all that we need. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. And we give you the, the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. God spoke to your heart. Brother Adam's going to play softly. I'm going to just encourage you to find a place at the altar. Maybe you've complained about uh, this or that. We heard a message, tremendous message Sunday morning about complaining. Maybe we're just, you know what it falls about? Contentment. Just need to be happy. Just be content with the things that we have. God will take care of you, the song says. As your attitude of prayer, I do want to ask that you would uh, pray for some folks. Uh, continue to pray for the Burkett family in this time of bereavement. But also another, uh, we all remember Brad Gonzer and Sherry and Bob Gonzer, uh, Brooke and uh, Bobby. Uh, they, their grandpa, uh, Brad's grandpa, went home to be with the Lord this la uh, yesterday morning. And uh, his funeral is uh, Friday. And so you pray for the Gonser family. Um, he, every time I, met, I talk to him, I say, how are you doing? He say, fantastic. And uh, I was reminded that he's truly fantastic now. There, he's no more suffering and, and uh, in pain. And I just rejoice. Talked to Sherry um, last week. And she, I asked her how her dad was doing. And she said, oh, he's not doing well. She said, just pray for Dad that the Lord would take him. Just take him soon because he's just not doing well. And we began to pray, and I, I told her today, I said, God answered your prayer. God answered your prayer. No one wants to pray for death, but can I tell you how beautiful it is of the death of God's saints. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And I can tell you that Brother Chester is in heaven. And I'm sure, Brother Chester, he's a sight. But I'm sure he's got, he's got, he's just rejoicing and shouting and excited about the things of heaven. So you remember the Gonzer family. Continue to pray for Brother Kurt and as he was um, had that uh, a concussion and uh, pray for him. I believe he's back to work now and and uh, trying to uh, go through those things. So you pray for him. Maybe someone else a prayer request tonight. Continue to pray for Andrew, baby Andrew, and uh, Miss Evelyn. That's there. She's at home uh, tonight, and uh, so you pray for them as they she's recovering. And he's he's a dandy. I can't wait till you get to see him. He's he is he's. I haven't heard him cry yet. I've I've been around him a little bit now, and uh, does he cry? Just when he's hungry. Just when he's hungry, which Brother Adam says that's all the time. So uh, he says he's an eater. He's already gained. What'd you say? A half pound. A half pound already. Now that's amazing because most babies lose weight, don't they? Usually he's gained a half pound already. So uh, we're going to start calling him Hoss. And so, uh, but anyways, you pray for baby Andrew. And I'm excited for you to meet him. And, uh, and uh, uh, so uh, you pray for them. Anybody else? Yes, Jennifer, I've seen your hand.
pray for this young lady. Her name is Jennifer Green. Jennifer Green, okay. Pray for she Jennifer Green. She has a 10-year-old son and a 2-year-old daughter. Okay. Lord knows the circumstances and, and what's going on there. She just recently, not too long ago, lost her mother. Okay. So, uh, it's like, I gave her my cell phone number and I said, well, if you need somebody to talk to, you know. Amen. That's good. Praise the Lord. That's good, Jennifer. Praise the Lord. Yes, so do. Uh, I'll tell you, I think, uh, you know, I, I just want us all to remember to pray for our president. Amen. President, uh, because listen, he, he is in constant warfare. Yeah. He is in constant warfare. And, and Satan is behind it because I believe that, I'm not trying to be political, but I believe that God placed that man in, in, in position with because he had constant prayer going on him. But as a result, he was in warfare. Whether you're a Democrat, Republican, or, or uh, uh, independent, wherever you feel it, we're, we're commanded to pray for our president and for our leaders. Pray for our leaders. I prayed for President Obama. Didn't like a lot of things that he did, but I, I prayed for him. And we're commanded to pray for our president. So you remember, that's a good prayer request. All right. Anybody else tonight? Yes, Michelle. Some devastating times, that's for sure. Remember those in, in Texas, all the bombings going on in Texas. And so you remember those folks as well. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, the privilege we have to pray. Lord, I do ask for these petitions, Lord, this evening. I pray that you would be with Phyllis and finding out the stage one uh, uh, breast cancer. Lord, I pray that you would just meet her needs and, and Lord, give the doctors wisdom. And, Lord, I pray that you would uh, just... Uh, work in her life, Lord, for uh, these young people involved in these uh, school shootings and uh, just uh, the kids are in public schools today. They're getting bombarded with uh, just uh, uh, wickedness and all, all kinds of things. And Lord, I pray that you would just put a hedge about uh, our kids and Lord, that you would help them to see the truth. Uh, Lord, we've taken the Bible and God out of, out of church and out of the government. Uh, but Lord, that's exactly... Uh, we, we, we as Christians know that you need to be in the center of all things, uh, whether it be our homes, our government, our, uh, our schools. Lord, we need you. And uh, Lord, I pray that our nation would realize that. Uh, Lord, we do pray for our president, President Trump. Uh, Lord, I ask that you would give him wisdom. Lord, that you would uh, just work in his life, that he would make uh, sound biblical uh, decisions and uh, that would uh, better our country for your glory. Lord, I do ask that you would be with uh, Miss Sharon's 
uh, uh, father-in-law as he's in his final days there in the nursing home. And Lord, I ask that you would just be with her mother-in-law as well as she's uh, taking care of him and uh, just everything that uh, is going on there. Lord, I do ask that you would be with Miss um, Evelyn as she's recovering. Lord, I pray that you would... Uh, uh, give her a speedy recovery and then also for Andrew we thank you for just uh, how you have blessed there and that uh, he's healthy and just uh, doing great and the good report we heard about already gaining a pound and Lord we realize that this is a miracle uh, we give you the praise and the glory for all things that you've done Lord I do ask that you be with our church help us to grow in spirit number one but also in number uh, Lord as we prepare for our upcoming Good Friday service Lord I pray that you would uh, speak to our hearts and Lord as we reflect and think about uh, Easter Sunday Resurrection Sunday Lord I pray that we would uh, Lord just think about all that you've done for us how you uh, rose from the grave and that we would give you all glory and honor and Lord thank you for that Lord for these other prayer requests that I may have for, failed to remember tonight Lord I know that you know each one of them you know each situation and I ask that you would just intervene Lord, again, thank you for all that you do. We love you, and I do am reminded of the Gonzer family and the Burkett family in the time of bereavement. Uh, yes, we're bereaving uh, that we miss them, but, Lord, uh, the, the good thing is both these men uh, were godly men and loved you, and so it's not goodbye, but I'll see you later. And, Lord, again, thank you for all that you do. We give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for being here this evening. Let me give you a couple of quick announcements. I want to remind you this coming Sunday evening is our teen service. And then uh, Friday, March the 30th, uh, I'd like for a good crowd to be out. Okay. I want to be, uh, we're hosting it. Okay. So uh, we should be able to be here. I, I know uh, Friday nights are busy nights, but this is, this is a good Friday. And so uh, I'm asking church, would you be here for that? Uh, I understand if you have to work. I understand those different those uh, different things. But uh, if you're just relaxing at home, you need to be here. Uh, need to be here, and and uh, I'd like to have a good number out for that. And so I encourage you to be here. And that's Friday, March 30th at seven. And then Sunday, that Sunday, April 1st at 7:30, we're going to have sunrise service, and then we'll have breakfast. And, uh, and uh, I, I'm, I believe we're going to have Sunday school and then morning worship service just because of the time uh, lapse there. But uh, we'll, we'll see uh, about Sunday school. But you come for that day. We're looking forward to a wonderful, wonderful day there. And then Saturday, April the 7th is our prayer breakfast. And then April 27th and 28th is our couples retreat. Sign-up sheet on the back table. We have to know by this Sunday, I believe it is, uh, if you're going. So please sign up for that. All right, that's all the announcements I have. We'll all stand and close the word of prayer. And uh, if you do have an offering, you can just drop it in the offering.